All right, so this is called, this message is called Know God Better. And what I was thinking when I decided to do this was, how do I relate to getting closer to God like you would getting closer to a friend? Because that's something that I, I know a lot about. I got a lot of friends, and I'm not saying that I'm not boasting or bragging that I got all these friends, but I, I tend to uh, keep my friends a long time. I remember uh, uh, just getting out of high school, my mother would rem- always remind me, oh, you always have so many friends. You have, you know, you always, you're always going and doing something. I was never home because a friend would call me and I'd go out or I'd go do something. And all my friends were Christians. And I was raised in a Christian home, and so they were like, okay, no, go ahead. You know, they know this friend, they know that friend, and great, you know, and so I'm always out with my friends. And she always said to me, oh, you're going you're gonna to be a preacher someday. And I'm like, I'm like, I said, no, Mom, no, I'm not. Okay, and here I am. So uh, my friends have been something in my life that have been uh, uh, so important to me. And not only as friends as in terms of friendship, but also in my walk with the Lord. Because here I had these Christian friends, they were uplifting me, they were um, encouraging me, they were uh, getting in my face when I was doing something wrong. Uh, they would pray for me. And it, it was so important in my life, in my, my walk with the Lord, to have these friends. And I remember in high school, I, had, um, I was involved in the Campus Life Youth for Christ group. And there were all these kids going because they were having lots of fun. And it was exciting. And so these kids that I knew from, they were just acquaintances. And, and they were all coming and they were getting saved. They were football players and cheerleaders. And so like all these people wanted to go because they were there. And then the band was there, marching band. And so it was just this big crowd of people. And God was using it. These people were getting saved. <clears throat> so now there's this big crowd of people that are saved. They're all my friends. But my close friends, my very close friends are the ones that even to this day are still my close friends. And it's not just because we're friends. It's because they know the Lord. And they have a relationship with Jesus just like I do. A lot of our friends that we have, it, we have because we do things that they do, or we think like they think, or they like the things that we like, right? So you get that term, a, a kindred spirit, you know. You guys have heard that term, kindred spirit? The definition of that, that word is a person whose interests or attitudes are similar to your own. And people sometimes they go out, they look in, looking for a kindred spirit, a good friend. And uh, we would stay friends for a long time, mostly because we spend a lot of time together. I remember uh, when we were younger, we used, to, we used to go out to eat a lot, as you could tell. Man, we were always going to restaurants to eat, and then we'd sit there and talk for hours. I remember going to uh, Islands. We used to love to go there. Do you know that place? 
Oh, they got some great hamburgers there. Big, juicy ground beef burgers. Oh, I can't eat those anymore. I just went last week. I talked my wife into going. I said, hey, Beth, let's go to Islands. And we, we went, and it was like half of it. I, I couldn't even finish it anymore. I'm like, what happened? Well, I got old. That's what happened. I can't eat like, like that anymore. But it reminded me how I used to and how we used to get there and take up all, this, all these tables with our friends and hang out there and, uh, and do all these things and spend time together. And when you have friends, that's what you do. You spend time together, right? You get to know each other that way. If you had friends that you never spent any time with, would they even really know you? Would they, would they know the things that, that you like? Would they know your opinions? No. I remember this one uh, supervisor I had. I was working at Payless Shoes. And had a little part-time job. And uh, man, that guy was bossy. And nobody liked him. Everybody couldn't stand that guy. And, um, but he'd always say, well, I'm not here to be your friend. You know, he wasn't. He's our boss. That's what he's supposed to do. Anyway, when you spend time together... You get to know each other. That's a normal, that's a normal thing. Um, you would share your thoughts together. Sit and talk about things. You sit and talk about life. Maybe you even have friends here at church that you love to talk to and pray with. And you pray for each other, and you have what's called fellowship. It's not just hanging out anymore, right? Now you're having fellowship. You're praying for one another. You're, you're lifting each other up. You're letting that person know your needs. It's, that's part of being uh, transparent, you know, not, not holding things back or lying about stuff. If you need prayer... You can open up to your friend and say, hey, I'm going through this. And I need God to help me because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to make it tomorrow. And so that's fellowship. You're praying for each other. Now tonight, we're here at a church. We're, we're at a concert. And if you believe that God is this distant God who doesn't know you, he doesn't know a thing about you, then you don't know who God is. And I would venture to say that you haven't spent <clears throat> a lot of time with God. So if you have a Bible, let's turn to Proverbs 18.24. Proverbs 18.24. I woke up today with a sore throat, and then I was leading worship earlier today. <clears throat> I'm surprised I'm even speaking right now. Proverbs 18.24. A man who has friends must himself be friendly. All right, that makes sense, right? I remember my son, my son Adam, he was, when he was real little, he'd make friends really easy. You know, we'd go to 
We go somewhere to the park, and he'll find a little boy his age. All of a sudden, they're playing together. He doesn't even know him, you know, but he's friendly that way. And uh, my other son, Matthew, he's, just, he's friendly like that, too. They're, they just make friends just like that. And, uh, and all of a sudden, they're playing together. They're friendly. If you want friends, you've got to be friendly. I would imagine if you don't have friends, then guess what? You're probably not very friendly, are you? <laughs> but then the rest of that verse says, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Proverbs, he's talking about God right here. God is never going to leave you. God is going to be closer than your closest brother. The greatest way to get friends is to be friendly. And if you're complaining that you don't have friends, you're not very friendly. Jesus had spent three years with his disciples for ministry. Three years. He picked these 12 guys, and they were with him day and night. Now, don't you think they became friends? Or did they just stand back, you know, behind his glowing aura, and uh, they never addressed him unless they, he spoke to them or something like that? Sometimes I think that that's how, you know, sometimes I see people... Treat Pastor Xavier that way or something. Like, oh, no, I don't want to talk to him. Uh, you know, no, you, they spent three years with him. They traveled with him. They walked with him. They, they stayed in the homes of people. They, they, they slept in the same room together. They, they had to be close. Don't you think? They had to be close. They listened to him teach. They saw him perform miracles confronting religious leaders together. They saw him walking on water. That's wild. Healing the sick. They, saw, they were right there with Jesus when these, these healings took place. They saw it with their own eyes. We just had our men's retreat. And... Uh, we had six, I think it was six men to a room. <laughs> we got to know each other a little bit. It was just two nights. And, well, I had to come back, so I didn't, I was only one night. But um, you get to know the people you're sleeping in the same room with. Mostly you, get, you hope you remember to bring earplugs so the snoring will let you catch an hour of sleep. But you get to know each other. The disciples were close to Jesus. They had to be. I'm convinced of that. Let's turn to John now. John chapter 13. And the book of John, John portrays Jesus in majesty. Um, and he's pretty humble about it. But throughout the Gospels, he's referred to as John the Beloved, the one who's loved. John chapter 13. John describes to us this event. We're here at the Last Supper. And he's writing this inspired by the Holy Spirit 
And this was this, this, uh, this important turning point right here with his, with not only in the ministry of Jesus, but in his relationship with his friend. Because here is where the end was going to begin. This last supper meeting. So John describes this, and, and he's trying to stay humble about it, and <clears throat> but uh, he, he can't help himself here because he doesn't want us to miss how important it was for him what, what was about to occur. So uh, John 13, 1. He says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world. And here's a part I want to say. He loved them to the end. To the end. He loved them to the end. He had to throw that in. I just want to see if, see if I was going to cry when I read that or something. You had to throw that in. He loved them to the end. Well, I started thinking, wait a minute, there's no end to Jesus. Not for us. There's, for us, there's no end. He's on the throne. He's eternal. He, there's no end to Jesus. But what was he talking about here? He's talking about John's, John's talking about Jesus' physical, earthly, human visitation. The time that he saw him, the time that he was hugging him, the time that he was with his friend, they were laughing together, doing things together. This is the end. And he no longer is going to have that, <clears throat> that physical closeness with Jesus. He said he loved them to the end. This time that was given to him to do the work needed for all of us to be saved. That was coming to the end. But John, he loved them, he said. He loved the disciples. It's almost like John is saying, he loved me to the end. Me. And so we ask ourselves the same question. Me? He loved me to the end? He loved you to the end. He loved us to the end. He went all the way to the end. The end of what? The end of his life. For you, for me. He did. It would be later on in chapter 19 of, of John that Jesus would be speaking to John while he's hanging on a cross. John was there. He watched the whole thing. A lot of the disciples ran and hid. John was there. Remember right beside Jesus' mother Mary? He was right there. He knows what he's saying when he's saying, to the end. He saw the end. Took his last breath right in front of him. Devastating thing. See your friend die. 
John is watching, and he says, he loved them to the end. John, in chapter 15, he writes, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Jesus said that. And Jesus goes on to say, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And he calls us, he calls his disciples, calls us his friends that he went to the end for. He loves us. He loves me. He loves us. It's amazing that he would do this because no greater love is there than one would give his life for his friend. And Jesus would be that first example himself to die on that cross. Let's turn to James 2.23. James 2.23 and 24. We're talking about Abraham and God. And the scripture, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So, Here's Abraham. He believed in God. Here's us. We believe in God. But he says that Abraham, it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. And then he starts talking about, in the next verse, being justified by works and not by faith alone. There is an action here that gave Abraham this friendship with God. It wasn't just strictly believing. He was living out his faith on a daily basis. It wasn't just something to believe and then God is saying, okay, you're cool, you're my friend. There was some kind of proof there that Abraham, Abraham's belief had some action to it. Now, I've, I've been married for... 28 years now. And uh, if my love had no action to it, I probably wouldn't be married anymore. Right? You, you have to act upon it. And there's things that you need to do to prove on a daily basis. There's things I have to prove every day that show my wife that I love her. Because sooner or later, if I don't do that, she's going to start wondering, does he love me anymore? And it's a tragedy because it happens a lot in our society. Men get caught up in their work. They're too busy. They're too stressed. They don't nurture the relationship and put some of that love that they have for their wives 
into action. That proof that is necessary. And God is saying, I saw the proof in Abraham's heart. I saw with his faith. And now I'm also seeing with his actions. And what kind of actions was that? What was he doing? He was living for God every day. And what does that look like for us? Well, um, you're going to church now, so, but do you go to church? That's proof that you love God, isn't it? You go to church? Do you pray? That's proof. You're showing God that you pray. You want to talk to Him. Do you read your Bible? How about that one? Do you read your Bible? That's proof. Proving that you love God. You're not just saying, hey, I believe in you, God. Um, no, I'm going to do something about it, and I'm going to pick up my Bible, and I'm going to read it, and I'm going to study it. Because I want to know who you are. I want to spend time with you. I want to listen to your voice. How about this one? Do you fellowship with other believers? That's proof that you love God and you're proving your love to God with the action of actually hanging out and fellowshipping with other believers, praying for one another, lifting each other up, sharing your life with another believer and that believer sharing their life with you and you're praying for each other and having fellowship. Accountability. <clears throat> Sometimes we need that accountability because sin can so easily entangle us. Do you have a friend that you can call up, a Christian brother or sister in the Lord, and you could say, hey, um, this sin, it's, it's following me really close, and I'm about to give in, so can you come over here and let's pray Pray for me. Oh, phone. Maybe. Maybe more like texting like this. Do you text a friend? <laughs> you know, because alone, if you're an island isolated alone, uh, you are open. And Satan is waiting. The Bible says like a lion ready to pounce on you. And that picture is so vivid. You, you, you can have a, a small little person and a giant big lion and, and he's, his back is curled and his nails are in. He's ready to attack, ready to pounce on you. And the Bible's telling us that's, that's who the enemy is. That's who Satan is. And he's waiting for you. So do you have accountability? Do you do you have a brother, you have a sister you can call up and just say, pray for me right now, please. Oswald Chambers wrote in my utmost for his highest. He wrote, Jesus, did not, Jesus does not ask me to die for him, but to lay down my life for him. It is far easier to die than to lay down the life day in and day out with the sense of the high calling. Every day, 
proving that action, proving your faith that you love God. It's not by works alone, and it's not by faith alone. Together. To lay down your life. That's what Jesus is asking you to do. Lay down your life every day, day in and day out. And we have the opportunity every day. And when you get up, you, you have that opportunity to live your life for Christ. And in his mercy, in his grace, we can go to him. We can ask for forgiveness. And what does the Bible say? He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, to cleanse us. See, he's our friend. He's going to prove his love to you by forgiving you, by giving us these opportunities. Uh, There are so many things that can be uh, physically looked at and maybe even explained away, but you know it was God that did that, whatever it is. I remember this, uh, let me tell you this quick story here, it just popped into my mind, but I've shared it before. <clears throat> I, was, uh, I wasn't sure if I should go into ministry, and so I signed up to go to the school of worship down in Costa Mesa, and since I lead worship, I said, okay, there's a school of worship, that sounds good, I'll go do it, and I want to see if this is something that God wants me to do. Well, I've already been leading worship for like 20 years, but I, I figure, okay, I'll stay a volunteer and God will give me another job and I'll, I'm just going to, I'm just going to see if I should step out into ministry and I'm talking full-time ministry where I said for years, I said, no, 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 not me. I said, well, okay, God, maybe let me go to this school. It's a nine month school and, um, I wasn't working, so there was money that was going to be spent, and it wasn't going to come back. And so, okay, God, here's, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to this school, and at the end of this school, if you want me, take me. But you're going to have to do it because I don't know where to go, and I don't know what to do. But I know that if you want me to go back to work, then uh, you'll get me a job to take care of my family. I put that trust in you, God. And uh, as you notice, I didn't starve to death. Um, We made our payments in our home. God was so faithful to prove what I put out there, to prove to me, and that's love. Anyway, there was, there was this Christmas break during class, during school. And so it was almost a whole month between December and January in there. It was like four weeks and, uh, and f- like a, a very specific number. I think it was four weeks and, and four days or five days. And so I knew the number and I said, okay, well, the money's getting low I'm gonna, I want to come back and finish the school after this break. God, what do you want me to do? Do you really want me to go into ministry? Do you really want me to do this? Then you're going to need to get me work or something 
because you know our money situation is happening here. And uh, so anyway, I left that to God's hands. And then the day before the last day of school, there was a finals. It was a finals week. And the last day of finals was happening on a Thursday. And then Friday, we were going to just uh, have our last day of school. And so Thursday, I'm driving away in my car. And I'm going, what's going to happen? i got to start this break. And I don't know what's going on. God, what are you going to do? What are you, what are you doing, God? So I'm, I'm not... Two blocks from, from Costa Mesa there, two blocks from the school, and I get a phone call. So I pick up the phone. I, I did not recognize the number. <clears throat> and uh, it was a friend of mine, a colleague of mine who used to work in the post-production with me. It was his wife. And she's calling me to ask if I'm available for a job starting next week. What? Are you serious? Are you serious? I, I could not believe it. I just like, what? what? Um, yeah. Um, she goes, but we need you tomorrow. I said, tomorrow? I got the last day of finals tomorrow. I, I said, um, is this a test, God? What, are you, uh, what is this? Okay. Um, I go, well, let me call you back. And so I prayed. I hung up and I prayed. I said, okay, God. And I seriously did this. I said, okay, God, if, if you really want me in ministry and you're going to take care of things, um, I'm going to call this lady back and I'm going to tell her I can't do it tomorrow. And in that line of work, you, know, you don't say no. If someone calls you for a job, you got to jump on it because there's 10 people waiting to take it. So um, I said, I'm going to tell her no. And I'm going to tell her I can't start till Monday because I have school and I'm going to finish it and I got a final to take. And Lord, I'm leaving it in your hand. It's kind of a fleece, you know, where they where, where, um, leave the fleece out. Okay, so I call her back and I, I, said, I said this and she says, oh, really? She goes, well, let me call you back. <laughs> okay. And I'm, I'm waiting in some street, uh, off street there in Costa Mesa, and I'm waiting, and, and, um, and, and I'm saying, okay, there it was, Lord. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to get through December and come back for school. I don't know. So, okay, not more than five minutes, she calls me back. She says, oh, yeah, the boss says it's fine. Start on Monday. I was like, wow. I said, oh, yeah, great. And I said, but you know what? Um, how long is this job? Because I, I want to come back in the second semester and finish up. And I'm serious. She goes, it's a month and five days. Exactly the same, exact same number. And I said, no way. I go, no way, really? She says, yeah, yeah, well, we might have some little side work to do afterwards if you're available, but yeah, no, it's only for about a month and five days. And that's exactly what happened. And God provided for me for that Monday to start on that day. 
And then it went for a month and just a couple of days, and I was done. And God provided. And see, what happened was a trust, a faith, a walking, literal faith that had some ob- observance, observable, observable faith. It wasn't so much um, to prove my love. It was something that it was that you could touch, something you could see and feel. You know, this was something real. And God is putting it out there, and I was putting it out there. And so it was, it was an amazing moment for me. Changed my life. I said, that's, that's it. That's all I need. I'm done. Do whatever you want, God. I'm finished. <laughs> and so I finished the school. It was amazing. I did the work, went back, finished the school. To finish the story, let me just say that after graduation, I still didn't know what I was going to do, but um, I knew I needed, it was three weeks later, I believe, and um, I was still serving, but I wasn't sure what God was going to do, and I said, well, okay, the money's running out, so I need to get on the phone, and first thing is maybe call unemployment insurance and see if I can renew that and see what's going on there. And uh, <clears throat> I'm on the phone, and they put me on hold, and I get another call. You know, you kind of get the call, beep, behind there to answer that. And, and it's Mario over here. He says, uh, and he usually, I usually feel like I'm in trouble when he calls me. So I get this call, I hear his voice, and I, okay, oh, no, what did I do this time? And he says, no, um, Xavier wants to talk to you. Can you come in? Oh, I'm in real trouble now. I don't know what I did. Um, he goes, what are you doing? I, I didn't want to tell him I was under the phone, unemployment. I just said, I'm not doing anything. Let me get dressed and I'll come on down. And then he asked me to be on staff as a pastor, not just as a worship leader, as a pastor. God took care of everything, but there is action that has to take place in your life. Some footwork. You know, if you go out and get, some, get a job, you don't just sit at home and wait for it to come. You go and get it. You go and hit the sidewalk, hit the pavement. Get out there. God is so good. Let me wrap things up. Um, I have, you know, I just love music, and I love, there's, there's this song, and it kind of touches on what we're saying here. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We have trials and temptations. Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. We can find a friend so faithful. Oh, can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer.
And here's the last verse. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise, forsake thee? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take to shield thee and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there with him, our friend, Jesus. Let's, let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name, and we thank you, God, Lord, that you are our friend, closer than a brother. And God, that we could turn to you and, Lord, seek after you by reading our Bible, by praying, by spending time with you as a friend. Because you did it all for us to the very end. And so we thank you, God, for your love for us, for sharing so much for us, Lord, to give us all that we need. And Lord, to have this moment together with other believers to worship you, to thank you, God, for, Lord, for all that you've given to us.